are you ready to give God the blank check of your life signed and let him fill it in? If you're not, then you're not ready to wait on God by faith. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller and glad you're with us today as we continue our series, We Walk by Faith. And today we're taking a look at the story of Abraham and how he waited on God by faith. You know, Abraham struggled to do just that. We read in Genesis uh, ways in which he actually failed in waiting on God, took measures into his own hands and the mess that that did create. But we're called to wait on God by faith. And that can be a huge, huge challenge for each and every one of us. And as Pastor Ford just reminded us, we do need to, in that process, give God that blank check of our life. But what does that actually mean? What does that look like? Well, we actually see that in the Bible as we look at the story of Abraham. How did he wait by faith when he did? Well, in three ways. By the way he left, by the way he lived, and by the way that he looked. But what exactly does that mean? Well, that's what we're unpacking in today's message, Waiting by Faith. If you can, I hope you'll open your Bible and join us in Hebrews chapter 11. We're really focusing on verses 8 through 10 today as we continue our message on Abraham. Here is Pastor Ford. When my children were shorties, uh, my wife would go home every year. Uh, She'd go home every year for a week. This one year, she said, I'm going home for two weeks. Uh, We put her on the plane, and uh, me and my boys uh, went back to the automobile, and we were like our ancestors when they heard about the Emancipation Proclamation, and we were just looking forward to the good time uh, without my wife and they mama. Amen. And so we decided, and she told us, make sure you don't mess this house up. Keep it clean. And we did. It was immaculate. We hung our clothes on the floor. We ordered gourmet and and left the pizza boxes all laid around everywhere. The dishes were stacked real high, very neatly in the sink. I mean, people would come during those two weeks and they would wipe their feet before they went outside. (laughs) Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. As a matter of fact, I saw a couple roaches with their bags and I said, I said, where y'all going? They said, look, we like filthy, but this is ridiculous. And they just rolled on out of there. We were having a ball. Well, you know, time does fly. And so it was time for us to go pick her up the next morning. Well, the boys, they had to be, go off to school. And Nate was off. And Nate's my special needs child. He's with the Lord right now. And so I said, well, Nate, it's on me and you, man. She cannot come and see this house like this tomorrow. He said, that's right, Dad. That's right. And so the other two were in bed. We're working, cleaning up and everything. And I got a little tired. I said, uh, Nate, let's take a rest. You sit in the chair, and I'm going upstairs. I'll, I'll be right back. Wait for me. Don't do nothing now. I don't want you mess with nothing because, like, Nate was special needs. So, like, he didn't know you just used a little bit of joy. He'd used the whole bottle. So I didn't want him to do anything. I said, sit right there. I'll be right back. I went upstairs, and I just laid down for a minute. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, I wasn't going to be long. I mean, I just, I just, I said, you know, while I'm up here, just let, me, let me just lay across the bed just for a minute, just kind of rest for a minute. Well, a minute turned in about five or six hours. 
I woke up and I thought, oh man, I know Nate, I know Nate's probably in bed, but he wasn't in his bed. I went downstairs, he was still sitting in that chair. I said, Nate, I said, you've been sitting here the whole time? Yes, sir. I said, as long as I was gone? Yes, sir. You didn't move? No, sir. I said, Nate, I was upstairs asleep. He said, I know, I heard you. <laughs> I said, well, why didn't you get up or wake me up or, or something? He said, because dad, you told me to sit here and wait for you to come back. I said, but Nate, I mean, you could have got up and came and got me or something. I mean, look how long it was. And then he said something to me very profound. He said, you standing here, you came back. <laughs> and I thought to myself, wow, I wish I had that kind of faith that when God made me a promise that I wouldn't go out and try to fulfill it in my own power. Uh, that I wouldn't, even though it seems as though I can hear God snoring, you know, when God is silent, when he's not doing anything, when he's on your boat, but he's not active. And I said, boy, if I had that kind of faith. And that's what the writer of the book of Hebrews is writing to these Hebrew believers about. Uh, he, he wants them to understand. And, and so the writer of the book of Hebrews wrote the book of Hebrews so that the Hebrews would stop being Hebrews. Uh, he, he wanted them to understand that you're a Christian first and a Hebrew second. Let me speak to all of my real black, black people. Uh, you're a Christian first and you're black second. I, I tell you all the time, I'm a Christian black, not a black Christian. Say, why do you say that? Because if I'm a black Christian, then black is in the adjectival position and Christian's in the noun position and the job of an adjective is to modify the noun. So if I'm a black Christian, then my blackness uh, identifies and colors, no pun intended, my Christianity. So then if I'm a black Christian, then my culture and my color dictates to my Christianity. But I am not a black Christian. I'm a Christian black. Christian's in the adjectival position and black is in the noun position so that whenever there is a controversy, whether I ought to vote Christian or vote black, Christianity always wins. Amen. I know you don't like that, but that's all right. In other words, I'm going to do what the Bible says do. If all my people are doing wrong, I'm going to do what God says do. Hmm. And so that's what he's saying to them. He's saying, listen, why do you want to go back to an Old Testament system that's just fake, that's just generic, that it's not the reality, it's the symbol, not the substance. Christ is the essence of what it's really all about. It's kind of like, you know, they got these commercials and, and you know, I can't believe it's not butter. And of course, I use it because it don't have cholesterol. But let me tell you something, I can because it don't taste like butter. Anybody that ever had butter know that margarine ain't good as butter. Anybody that's ever had I can't believe it's not butter. You can, because it ain't, it ain't got that taste that butter got. Amen. And he's saying, you go into margarine and you leaving butter. You don't want to do that. 
And so he's saying, listen, I want you to understand something. In the focus, where the focus is the person of Christ, he's saying, listen, you need to understand that Jesus Christ, he became your whipping boy. You, you heard that phrase, right? Uh, uh, I'm not going to be your whipping boy. Anybody ever say that? I'm not going to be your whipping boy or you done made him out of a whipping boy. Well, that comes from a practice uh, that started in the 15th century and, and didn't consummate until the 18th century. If you were a prince, uh, they didn't want to whoop you. Uh, they're like parents today. And uh, they didn't want to whoop you. They didn't realize that you got to put the board of education to the seat of learning. And so what they did was they got another boy that was of the same age as the prince and was from a aristocracy, not poor. And they would take this person who was accustomed to living high, wide, and handsome, and they would make them condescend to become the whipping boy of the prince. Every time the prince told a lie, the whipping boy would get whooped. Every time the prince would throw a tantrum and break something on purpose, the whipping boy uh, would get a whooping for the prince. And the only thing the prince had to do was stand there and watch while somebody else got whipped for what he did. Come here. That's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, you need to understand. You did the crime. Jesus paid the time. Uh, that he became our whipping boy. That everything we did, uh, God whipped Jesus for it. That every sin of word, thought, or deed, God whipped Jesus for it. That we got away clean because he was innocent and hadn't done anything and he was whipped for you and for me. That's what the Bible says. Hate to get the book in this, uh, but Christ was our whipping boy. See, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. The Bible says that God laid the iniquity of us all on our whipping boy, the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah says it in Isaiah 53, 4 through 6. He says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray, and the Lord has laid the iniquity of us all. Look at somebody say, all your sins are on Jesus. All your sins are, go tell them, all your sins are on Jesus. Because if all your sins are on Jesus, aren't on Jesus, then none of your sins are on Jesus. And the Bible says he not only took the sins of those who he knew would accept him, but 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 says, he is a propitiation for our sin, but not for ours only, but for the sin. Look at somebody and say, that includes you. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Nather James Ford Jr. And what a great reminder of the forgiveness of sin and the blood of Christ here on today's broadcast. By the way, if you ever miss a program, you can always come to our website and listen to each and every broadcast there. Just stop by treasuretruthradio.org. You can stream those programs through your computer. You can download MP3s or you can even order a copy on CD. Again, our website address is treasuredtruthradio.org. One other way to listen, if you have the Moody Radio app, 
It's free, and you'll find it in your favorite app store like iTunes, Google Play, or you'll find the link to that when you come to our website. Again, it's treasuretruthradio.org. Let's get back to our message as we continue to look at Abraham and waiting by faith. Again, here's Pastor Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's our whipping boy. He shed his blood on Calvary. Yes, Jesus, God in the flesh. And the writer of the book of Hebrews tells them our salvation then was not an afterthought with God. It was a forethought with God that all the way from the beginning, take for example, Genesis chapter two, it's the revelation, verse four, of the name of God, Yahweh, the name of God in redemption. We read it, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the, that's right, that's right. And so, but man hadn't sinned in chapter two. So why would you put the name of redemption in chapter two when man doesn't sin until chapter three. So man falls in chapter three. God says, listen, I want you to know I'm not in heaven wringing my hands, popping Prozac, wondering what I'm going to do. I already knew man was going to sin. And before man ever sinned, I put a provision in chapter two in preparation for chapter three. I got you covered when you don't even know you need to be covered. And so I made Jesus your whipping boy. When'd you do it? Uh, before the foundation of the world. He's the lamb that was slain. Mm. And so we've been looking at the principal part. Because here's this, here's this argument. Now that you have this whipping boy, why would you think that you would even want to get a whooping from God? It's gotten hurt. So he says, let me tell you about the person of our salvation. Jesus became our whipping boy. But now, let me tell you, and here's the, here's the, the tense of almost all of his writing, his middle voice. What does that mean? They were in the process of leaving Jesus, but they hadn't left yet. They weren't coming to Wednesday night, but they were still coming some Sunday morning. And they were thinking about not coming at all. And he said, listen, I want to stop you in your tracks. Don't do what you're thinking about doing. Because you demonstrate, you understand the person of salvation because you implement the principles of salvation. Everybody still tracking with me? Okay, because some of y'all looking like deer in the headlights at me, like, I don't know where you are. So then what's happening? We saw then, he says, okay, let me show you how faith worships. Then he says, let me show you how faith walks. Then he said, let me show you how faith works. Now he says, let me show you how faith waits. Faith is like Nate. You gave a word, and for six hours, that word was enough to keep you on course of where you were told to be. That, that's what he's talking about. And we've been looking at Abraham. And the Bible tells us that, that Abraham represents waiting by faith. How many weren't here last week? You weren't here last week. Okay, let me, let me get, bring you up as quick as I can without going over the whole thing. And so what he said then and, and why he's telling us is because waiting is one of the hardest things to do. And he tells us how does, how does Abraham demonstrate waiting on God by faith? Three ways. Verse 8. By the way he left, 
Verse 9, by the way he lived. Verse 10, by the way he looked. Simple outline. Really simple. I hate to give it to you. So then we said then last week that the key word is after. That, that this is a conditional thing where Abraham left for something he was going to get after. He didn't possess it yet, but he had to let go of something in order to get something. See, we always talk about faith as acquiring something from God. This passage teaches that sometimes faith says you got to let go of something before God will give you what he has for you. Look at somebody and say, let it go. Look at somebody and say, let her go. Look at somebody and say, let him go. Yeah, yeah, and so the text taught us uh, that whenever we're looking at, at uh, what Abraham did, he left by faith. So, huh, yeah, he left by faith. So faith is seen as something that gets something from us as well as gives us something. So we talked about the fact that when you look at this text, it teaches us three things uh, about how to leave. Here it is. Come on, help me out, those of you who are here. That when you waiting on God like Abraham by faith, you demonstrate your faith by the way you leave. So he left, and he left. There was no what? No doubt. So he started packing his bags right away. The tense of the text says, God spoke, Abraham started packing. Abraham, go. All right. Dum, 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 dum. I don't know where I'm going, but I'll pack. That's what Abraham did. And so there was no doubt. Then there was no, no delay. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't pray about it. He didn't call a committee meeting. You don't got to pray about what God told you to do. You don't have to pray about giving. He already told you to do that. You don't have to pray about witnessing. He already told you to do that. You don't have to pray about whether you should come to church or not. He already told, he commanded you to do that. And so there was no doubt. There was no delay. Then there was what? No details. So that nothing's filled in. Are you ready to give God the blank check of your life signed and let him fill it in? If you're not, then you're not ready to wait on God by faith. And so God uh, was taking something from him in order to give him something better. You may have heard the story about uh, the little girl who she loved the pearls that her daddy gave them. Uh, but they weren't real pearls, you know, like, like some of the diamonds that you got in your ears today in church. They, they, they ain't real, you know. I mean, they big, they look shiny, but they ain't real, you know. And... Um, so they weren't real, but now they had gotten so old uh, that the little stuff was coming off of them, you know? And, and so uh, the daddy said to her, do you love me? She said, yes. He said, more than your pearls? He said, daddy, you know I love my pearls, but I love you more than I love my pearls. He said, well, then give me your pearls. And she cried, and she didn't want to give them up. Do I have to? He said, you don't have to. I want you to give them to me. And uh, she said, daddy, I don't want to give them to you. He said, okay. And then the next morning, he said, he said, uh, you know, it bugged her all night. She turned her daddy down. After telling her daddy, I love you more than the pearls and not giving me the pearls. You get this on the way home. So the next morning, he said, he said, she's getting ready for school. He said, sweetheart, uh, would you give daddy your pearls? Do you love daddy more than your pearls? And uh, she said, yes, I do. And he said, okay, then give me your pearls. And she gave them to him. 
through a whole lot of tears. You know how it is. It's hard to let go of something that you really want. You know how it's hard to let go of somebody that you, I mean, something you really, mm-hmm. and so she gave him to him. And whenever she did, he reached behind himself, opened up, was a brand new set of real pearls, and put her around her neck and said, I just wanted to make sure that you love me more than those old pearls. I got your real ones. And you know the tragedy is? God is saying the same thing to you and I. You hanging around with that person and I can't give you who I really have for you until you're ready to get rid of that flake, that zirconium man, that zirconium woman, so that you can get the ri- Why are you fooling around with generic when you can have genuine? But I tell you what, as long as you hold on to the generic, I'm not going to give you genuine. Well, that's what's going on in the text. Now, that's where we left off. I want to pick it up, and and I want to show you this, because whenever we say this, uh, by the way that he left, we need some additional information. Let me tell you why. Because there was no doubt, there was no delay, there were no details, but I can't say there were no detours. Say, what are you talking about? See, some people think that if God tells you to do something by faith, It's got to be so worked out that there are no bumps in the road, that there are no curves or there there are no dangerous places. Following God is always going to be an adventure and the reward for our trust is really worth the cost. We're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor James Ford Jr. And today's message is called Waiting by Faith. Now you can find it on our website when you go to treasuretruthradio.org. Well, for nearly 100 years, Moody Radio has been reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus. It's our goal to teach, instruct, and evangelize with Bible-centered programs like you're hearing on Treasured Truth. You know, millions of people across America are tuning in on their radios, at home, and in the car, and even countless more are listening online from all around the world. And all of this ministry is made possible because of friends like our monthly partners who give consistently out of their personal passion to make God's Word available to everyone. And when you become a monthly partner by auto gift at a level of $30 or more, we're going to say thanks with a special offer from Moody Publishers. They've agreed to a 50% discount on all their resources as long as you remain a monthly partner by auto gift. And there's something there for everybody in the family. Books, CDs, Bibles, DVDs, and more, including resources from Pastor Ford. You can become a monthly partner and support Moody Radio and receive your discount today. Call 888-644-7660 or go online to treasuredtruthradio.org. So extend the reach of your giving by extending the reach of Moody Radio. Become a monthly partner by AutoGift and receive your 50% discount at Moody Publishers. Again, our number is 1-888-644-7660 or go online to treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios. And tomorrow, Pastor Ford continues our study of Abraham and what it means to walk by faith. So join us for Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. <laughs>